0: The most important thing to consider when you, you're looking at book covers is that you're, you're giving information to someone and that information needs to be clear and it needs to be concise. An image may well be part of that information, but really for the back cover, you're looking at readability of a blurb, any information like, you know, often people will include uh, their genre reviews. You want to make sure that you're not distracting with extraneous information on the back cover.
1: Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. Do you need a book cover? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. I've self-published multiple books over the years and I've gone through quite a journey with finding and sourcing book covers. For my first book, I didn't have much money, so I took a series of classes on lynda.com, it's now known as LinkedIn Learning, and I taught myself the basics of using Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator, and I knocked up a book cover based on the tutorials. At the time, I was pretty happy with the results, but I ended up taking down that book cover, rebranding the book and relaunching it and hiring a book cover designer to create a book cover. I also learned that my time was better spent writing and improving the quality of my book rather than spending dozens of hours taking design tutorials on the Adobe suite. For subsequent book covers, I used a service like 99designs and basically I ran a competition for my book cover and 15 or 20 designers provided me with various versions that I could choose from and I ended up picking one book cover designer who sent me a book cover that matched the brief. But I also gave him an awful lot of feedback and I think I was a bit of a nightmare client because at the end he seemed a little bit frustrated by the whole process. For my next book cover, I used a crowdsourcing service. I used Readsy to find a book cover designer. I worked with her on several books and I was happy with the results because she created versions for print, for Kindle and for audio. And she also created me some social media graphics as well that I was able to use. For another book, I sourced a book cover designer independently. I used the book cover designer website, and that's a site I recommend you check out because they have a great resource where you can see the work of dozens of different book cover designers across industries. So I went through that website and I found a designer who specialised in business books and she designed a book cover for the art of writing a nonfiction book. I gave her a brief about what the book was about, the type of book covers that I liked and the style I was going for. Because it was a type of business book, I was going for a typographical style and she designed something that was black and white with large fonts, which I was pretty pleased with and it helped me sell copies. So that's quite the journey. I went from the free option, DIY option to paying a book cover designer. I think it was six or seven hundred dollars at the time to get something that I was able to use and which looked really good. If you're getting ready to self-publish your book, I'd recommend that you budget for working with a book cover designer. They're an important part of the process because if you think about it, as good as your book is, you still need to capture the attention of readers. And if you're selling on Amazon, you've only got a really small bit of digital real estate to do it. So your book cover designer should help you capture the attention of would-be readers and sell more copies of your book. And if you've published books in the past, perhaps go back and look at your book cover and ask yourself, is it reflective of the type of books that are selling in that particular niche or in that particular genre? One of the beauties of self-publishing is if something's not working, you can take it down and put it back up and fix it. This week, I caught up with Geoffrey Bunting. He's a book cover designer based in the UK, and he's worked for publications like HarperCollins and National Geographic. In the interview, we get into how you can get ready to work with your book cover designer, how much you should expect to pay, and how to figure out the types of book covers that will work in your niche. In the second half of the interview, we also talk about Jeffrey's other type of work, which is designing and laying out books. Now I currently use the software Vellum to lay out my books prior to self-publishing. And I asked Jeffrey what he thinks about Vellum and he has some interesting insights on software like this versus working with a professional book cover designer or book designer. If you enjoyed this week's interview, please consider leaving a short review on iTunes or sharing the show on Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, because more reviews and more ratings will help more people find to become a writer today podcast. I'm also on Twitter at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, Jay Collins. If you've got feedback about the show, guest suggestions, or you just want to get in touch and let me know what you're up to, please reach out. And also, if you really like the show, you can become a Patreon supporter for just a couple of dollars a month using the link in the show notes. I'll give you discounts on my writing courses, one of which covers self-publishing your book on writing software and on my books about the craft. Now, let's go over to this week's interview with Jeffrey. When we were chatting beforehand, you had some good advice for authors who may be looking for a book cover. And you also had some tips about Book design, but before we get into that, would you be able to uh, describe to listeners how you got into book design and your background?
0: Yeah, well, I I, I studied design uh, at university, and I, I had a very good course for that, and and part of that was just a, a, a wide range of different subjects. One of which was book design, and that was the one I just naturally gravitated to as a as someone who who writes and reads a lot anyway. That's probably in there as well. But it was, it was mostly just when I was studying these various different aspects and in industries and design, it, it was book design that I really gravitated to the most. And, and I spent the early part of my career as a branding designer, a kind of a more general designer, but with more of a focus on branding. And since I've specialised in book design, which was just a conscious decision I made a few years ago to just cut out all other services – my practice and my, I suppose, well-being as a
1: designer has been significantly better. Is there more work for book designers today than a few years ago, thanks to self-publishing? Yes and no. I mean, the the self-publishing industry
0: and so the design that kind of caters to it is overwhelmingly amateur, and as a result, it's it's not necessarily significantly easier for professional book designers to get work but there are certainly more opportunities there are more jobs out there for freelance book designers uh, considering how hard it is to work with publishers for that because you know they have such set lists so actually there's a lot more work floating around in the self-publishing industry and and currently the vast majority of my clients are self-publishing authors rather than publishers or independent publishers
1: how are clients finding you
0: um, well, I'm, I'm a part of a, quite a few groups and forums, both in terms of, of marketing and just general advice. And so, people will tend to find me there. Some people find me organically through my website at jeffreybunting.co.uk, where it's just I just pop up in some sort of search. Otherwise, it's word of mouth. It's just people recommending me to friends and to the groups in which you uh, which they talk about book design
1: and books. When a client is getting ready to work with you, what would you look for from them?
0: Well, in terms of what, they would, what I would ask them to send me, I, I, the principle is a synopsis of the book. I mean, you know, book designers, a common misconception about book designers is that we read the books we design. There simply isn't any time for that. And so and if we did that, we'd never actually do any design. So a, a pretty detailed synopsis, all the information that's necessary for the book. So that would be kind of information that was on, on a cover if you're doing a print book, then information goes on the spine, the back cover. And also, I would have a discussion about, not necessarily about their ideas for the cover, because generally clients are very focused on specific things that aren't necessarily going to help their books. But I ask them about kind of themes and motifs and things that might inform the design of the book. But for me, and I think at, it, at its best, design is a collaborative process so so there is an ongoing discussion throughout the process not just a case of just send me loads of stuff and i'll I'll make you a coverage there are stages there are many different discussions that have to be had throughout the process in order to make both something that the client is happy that the author is happy with but also that you know is, is fit for purpose in the markets in which they're deploying their books
1: you described themes and motifs. Was that in reference to fiction or was that for nonfiction as well? I mean, it's for both. I mean,
0: nonfiction is a little bit easier because generally nonfiction has a very set subject and everything kind of revolves around that. You, know, you, you get more general nonfiction, but you can generally pull something out that's very specific. With themes and motifs, yeah, it kind of is more fiction Is you know, kind of what are the things that keep recurring in this that would be significant
1: enough to be placed on the cover. Do you recommend your clients pick a few book covers that they like and send them to you? No, simply
0: because that's kind of the designer's job is to market research. I, I'm, I'm happy for authors to say, hey, this is kind of what might be, I had a, a client recently who sent me covers of books that are similar to hers because she was in a quite a niche genre. And that, that's fine. But that's not going to be the extent of my market research i'm going to do something i'm going to do some really kind of in-depth searching through the various markets and markets in various different countries to make sure that the cover that i create is going to be suitable for the market in which they want to publish their book
1: do you specialize in any particular genres or niches not
0: particularly no There, there are certain genres maybe that i don't work in as as often simply because in self-publishing there isn't, say, enough money for frequent use of artists and illustrators in the way that you need for something like fantasy. But I, I don't really specialise in any genre because the basis of of design, certainly in professional practice, is is the market research. You can really kind of work out what you're doing from any kind of really in-depth look at at the, at the markets. There's no kind of style of book that, doesn't really you know that a professional designer wouldn't be able to develop
1: how do you decide on whether a book cover should have a typographic design or an illustrative design or something else
0: oh again that's just it's what the market dictates and what we're finding in the last five years is that the vast majority of, of markets are moving towards more typographic solutions and those trends really dictate how a cover will look I I tend to work in the general market, so I I take in self-publishing and traditional publishing. A a lot of of the amateur designers that are catering to a lot of the lower budgets in self-publishing will only look at self-publishing market and specifically only look at Amazon. And that's kind of where we're seeing this kind of real chasm between actual markets as they are being presented and and self-publishing in many spaces because the market research isn't there and and that is what drives the the
1: style of cover. Traditional publishers often have different book covers for different countries doesn't seem to be something that self-published authors think about as much should they?
0: They don't but they should yeah I mean
1: generally speaking if a
0: when authors publish publishing self publishing they are kind of publishing in their own territory. Yeah, you know, it might be on Amazon.com, but really their focus is on their own their own locale, their own country. But it it really is something they should think about, yeah. Because even something as as close as, as the British and American markets are are really quite distinct from one another. And certainly as a designer, you know, the, the market research I do for UK authors and the market research I do for American authors is completely different i've not had a client self publishing client so far who has made that consideration or has been open to making that consideration but it really is something they should if they want to sell in other territories
1: mm. yeah i guess budget could be an issue are there any particular book covers that really appeal to you as you can think of offhand or that you would consider quite strong from any genre
0: just in general yeah um no not really i mean I, the thing is the thing is with with traditional publishing they they have such a kind of a wide array of designers and teams that all their covers tend to be quite strong. I I I tend to gravitate towards quite old fashioned and weird covers. So, you know, like there are plenty of covers out there that are are great designs. I've I've got these really great um, almost bootleg versions of the Lord of the Rings, which have these, these isometric covers, which are absolutely hideous and don't fit into any market whatsoever and they're from i think they're from the 90s or late 80s but they're fantastic i tend to i tend to quite like ugly things in that way
1: when i was getting ready to publish my first book a few years ago i didn't have much money so i took a few design courses on (laughs) lynda.com it's now linkedin learning and tried to knock up a cover in illustrator i completed the tutorial the cover was i mean it wasn't terrible but i realized that i wasted dozens of hours that i could have spent improving the book and I ended up replacing the cover later on because I, I rebranded the book uh so I guess that brings me to budget because many authors don't have a huge budget for publishing their first book how much do they expect to pay a book cover designer well for a professional book designer
0: I I charge my lowest price is for just an ebook cover and that's 300 pounds and that is really the low end of industry standard um so for professional design services you should be looking at least Especially if you're you're going to that kind of hybrid route where you're doing ebook and print over four hundred pounds, around four hundred pounds, and that is if there's no other costs involved. If there's no if there's no imagery, there's no kind of external imagery, whether that's stock imagery or commissioned imagery. In which case, you know, back cost anywhere from you know ten pounds for a stock image to you know another four hundred for uh, for an illustration. A, a lot of the kind of the lowest I've seen of a professionally standard cover has been 250 pounds and that really is kind of really low like if you're looking at that range you're probably dealing with a lot of non-professional designers but there are the odd kind of young book designer who hasn't quite worked out their pricing but i would say in excess of of 300 and certainly around 400 or more for a book designer to do just
1: to do your cover What's the typical turnaround for a good book cover designer? In self-publishing,
0: it would be between two weeks and maybe five weeks. It depends entirely on the author and how quickly they get back to you. It depends on you know, who else you're working with. If you work with an illustrator, you're kind of on their time frame. Set a deadline, but that doesn't mean they're already always going to meet you. But, you know, my I average out at about a month for a cover. Sometimes, like I say, sometimes it's through in two weeks. Sometimes it's four or five Um any longer, and you're, you're, you're probably pushing it a bit. I mean, a, a lot of authors don't really have a deadline for themselves. They don't say, I need this done in X. So you do have a lot of leeway, and, and I think as authors do kind of need to understand that sometimes you know a designer might not quite be geared into how deadlines work if they've only ever freelanced, and they've only ever freelanced with self-publishing authors who are maybe a bit up in the air when they're going to do things. But I would say, you know, a month, is a, is a good baseline to think of how long it will take.
1: Being through working with a few book cover designers over the years, I tend to think about the front of the book cover a lot, but I, I found that the back of the book is usually more of an afterthought. What would you recommend people or authors consider when thinking of the back of their book, apart from the blurb?
0: Yeah, I would consider how they relate to books themselves, how they look at books and how they're... Obviously, when you're selling in digital marketplaces... Not every book has a has a back cover for you to preview, but you are still going to look at it in the same way. In a shop, you will pick up the book, probably by the spine, you'll look at the front cover, you'll look at the back, read the blurb. A lot of authors are very, very keen that their photo is on the back cover, and I don't think that's entirely necessary. I think the most the most important thing to consider when you, you're looking at book covers is that you're you're giving information to someone, and that information needs to be clear and it needs to be concise. An image may well be part of that information, but really for the back cover, you're looking at readability of a blurb, any information like, you know, often people will include uh, their genre reviews. You want to make sure that you're not distracting with extraneous information on the back cover. You also want the back cover to relate in some way to the front cover. I've seen a lot of people who've clearly had uh, an ebook cover designed and then have gone into Amazon who, and Amazon will kind of fill in bits for you. And they've just put kind of like an Amazon-generated spine and back cover on and it's very obvious and it's very off-putting for readers who are used to a certain uh, flow between the different parts of the cover and I, th- I think you've got to consider how you as a reader relate to these things because readers are quite savvy, they're not stupid when it comes to this stuff and they, if they see like a sudden change and it's just like a, a block of completely you know unrelated text, there's no kind of cohesion and it's just like a big photo of the author. They're probably going to be put off by it. Um, You've kind of got to consider this is this part of your brand. And a huge part of branding is consistency. And if you are throwing out a book that is not consistent with your brand or with itself, with its own element, people are going to notice that and they are going to essentially just come kind of scroll past it.
1: Makes sense. So I guess an author should also consider the audio book as well when they're working with a designer?
0: Yeah, I mean, an audiobook cover tends to just be a, a square version of the original cover. With, with some editing, it's not a kind of a big change, but you've got to consider and plan for everything that you intend to put out there. So if, even if you're not going to immediately publish an audiobook, if that's something you intend to do later, then you've got to consider that. You've got to consider whether you need to ask for that from the designer at the start. Whether you need to make you know be certain that their availability going forward. You can't afford to rush this stuff, which I see a lot of authors doing, and you can't afford to not be not actually form a real plan of how you're going to do it and how you're going to essentially afford it.
1: Should I expect my source files as well from a book cover designer? Uh, no, um,
0: so. A really good way to know if you're working with professionals if they give you a proper contract. And in that contract, they will stipulate that all artwork, the ownership of all artwork is retained by the designer. As an author, you will get a license to use it and to use it really however you want with the proviso that if you use it inappropriately, that doesn't really reflect on the designer. If you want source files, you will then have to essentially pay to buy the rights to that artwork from a designer, which will generally be at least the same price as, as the original cover. But no, you, you, get, a, you get a license to use any the final files you will receive will be files that are suitable for, in print terms, print ready files, a PDF, and in, in the digital sphere will be, you know, uh, digital images like TIFF, JPEG, PNG. You don't get original files from your designer.
1: So what would happen if the designer has moved on or is no longer available? And then you need to make a change to your book cover?
0: Well, then that would be okay. It, it depends on the relationship you have with your designer, I suppose. I mean, for, for me, I would probably, if I'm, if I'm not practicing anymore and a, someone comes back and says, I need to make a change to discover, I'd probably happily release the original files because they're, they're no longer part of my practice. But again, it depends on your relationship with the designer and it may well be a case that if you want to make changes without me, then you, you are going to have to buy the rights to the original files, at which point it's probably worth just getting a new cover but it is a bit complicated but generally you know we are nice people we're not going to we're not mercenary about this stuff or professionals are mercenary about this stuff so you know if if we are the problem that you know we can't make changes for you then we're probably going to be happy to give you the files you need to get someone else to do that and probably recommend someone who can do that for you i mean I i have a list of designers that i would trust with my own work if that makes sense so if that is the case then you know, authors don't get kind of downhearted and grumpy, but just just ask whether you can get someone else to do it and whether they
1: know anyone who will do it. You also look at book design. When you're given a book to design, what do you typically do? Would you be able to describe your process
0: for, for typesetting for the series? Yeah. Well, so the the first thing I do is formatting, so that will be in in Word, where I just have to apply throughout the book, styles for every single thing that happens in the book. So you'll have text style, you have a chapter head style, you have italic styles, which is probably the longest part of the process because especially it depends on the length of the book. But you know, the, a lot of the manuscripts you get from authors are a real mess. Uh, and kind of the worst thing you can do as an author, I think, is not use indented paragraphs. And just like there are a lot of people I've had who just put spaces in to to move the paragraph across. And I will then import that into InDesign. And that is when the real kind of layout work starts. Again, depends on the style of book. If it's just a prose book, a full kind of just block text, it'll just be a case of going through and fitting everything into into a design that I've already developed. Um, I will send essentially page options to an author and say, look, you know, which one do you like best here? If it's a more complicated book with different layouts, say you've got diagrams, say it's a children's book, there's a lot more fiddling to be done. And that's really it. It's a long and quite arduous process. It's harder than cover design because you have to be so adept with typography to lay out a book. But the the actual steps in it are quite simple. It's literally just format, send across a few design ideas of how you know the various pages will look and then, ju- and then just just lay it out
1: the design so most authors when they see a page will look at the words it's a bit of a switch to look at the design so if you were to send me a page that you've designed what should i be looking at or looking for well
0: the thing is the whole the whole point of kind of laying out a book is that people don't really pay attention to the design you're building an avenue for them to just see the content and so if you are looking at a book and you're not paying attention to how it's laid out. That is a successful layout of a book because you're not being brought out of reading the book by issues with, with the text layout. The most important part of kind of any design, but specifically typesetting, is readability. And if you are, say I send you a, a sample of seven pages, which includes a, a chapter head and there might be... The other thing but generally it's just a, if you are getting tired in that short space if your eyes are starting to get tired that means it's not laid out though because our eyes on one hand there are certain elements that aid readability so we're looking for line length of about nine to 16 words consistently and that means that's long enough that we're not constantly zipping through the page but also short enough that we're not getting these very long lines block and you want to make sure that there is nothing impeding your ability to just read a book.
1: Do I consider the way the book looks for print versus Kindle? Yeah, I mean,
0: Kindle imposes its own styles on their book, so there isn't a
1: huge amount
0: of design consideration to be made there. You will do things like headers and contents, but you don't. when it comes to the actual layout and type work of the book, that is pretty much handled by... Kindle, and then you just have to kind of fiddle with it in places that it maybe doesn't work. And you can use kind of Kindle Create for that. When I send print files to a client or, you know, fixed ebook files, so these are things that will look like they're designed, generally the consideration they're making is, do I like how it looks? Do I like the typefaces that I use? Because you know, the readability is already there. But you know, if you're working with someone who you know, it's just saying that they can typeset a book because they're an author with Photoshop who've done a few covers and they're trying to make some money by typesetting as well. You do need to pay attention to those kind of readability things, but when it comes to Kindle, you know, they just say, like, this is the these are the fonts you can use, and they're going to be generally be the same. It's always flowable. There's, there's not a lot of design work there. It's just refining the layout.
1: Makes sense. So I've used software like Vellum in the past to lay out a book, and Years ago I was actually a journalist and so I've used InDesign as well but I haven't used InDesign to lay out a book but what, what are your thoughts on authors using software like Vellum or learning these tools themselves?
0: I think it's valuable because simply authors don't tend to consider the layout of their books uh, when it comes to design thinking they will just focus on the cover um, and they don't budget for layouts and if they do they fairly budget, they don't realize actually layouts can often cost more than, than a cover. If you can use a tool that will just by its very nature kind of brute force an improvement in your layout, and by which I mean that a lot of authors who lay out themselves will just throw a Word document into Amazon and hope for the best, and the results are very obviously a Word document. If you, if you can use a tool that will just by being a design tool, improve your, your layout. That is a, a good thing, especially if you don't have the budget to typeset. Um, if you can learn InDesign to, to lay out a book, then you are, you, you certainly have a good foundation for typesetting. You, you, you would need more of a knowledge about typography and how typography works to really do a great layout, but you're, you're going to get a better baseline than if you're just using a, a Word document. Vellum is, it's fine. It is, it's designed for authors. It's designed for people who don't know how to typeset. Uh, I and mean, in that, it's a, it's a decent tool. It's better than Word. A professional designer isn't going to use it. And if someone is claiming to be a professional designer and they go, oh, I'll lay it out in Vellum, then they're not a professional typeset. But as an author, it's fine. I, I, I said to you earlier that it's a lot like Squarespace in that it, it has a very set, rigid kind of set of paradigms that you can't really get away from. So on Squarespace, there's a grid you can't work outside of. And Vellum's kind of like that. It, it will do everything it can to stop you messing it up. So given that the the budgets and self-publishing aren't high, people aren't really giving as much consideration to typesetting and the layout of their books as they should be. If authors you know, just sit there and from the start sincerely say, right, I'm going to try and learn layout and typesetting, I think that's more valuable than some of the insincerity we see from people who just go i'll just shove it into word
1: and that'll be good enough Mm, that makes sense finally feedback between a author and their designer how many rounds of feedback should you expect or go through when you're working with someone like you well the you you should
0: have as many as you need there's no or shouldn't be any limit on the kind of the rounds of improvements and and changes there might come a point where a designer says look we're getting to the, the stage now where we're far beyond like the kind of the hourly rate that would go with the, the price I've given you and you might have to pay a bit more but you're not going to see at the beginning of a process oh you get two rounds of edits in the same way you might on you know some of the kind of the less less salubrious places like um fiverr 99 designs and Reezy, kind of the, these platforms that are really built around kind of taking money away from designers and users in a professional sphere you're not going to get someone going like sitting there and kind of after you've had like a couple of rounds of conversation go like oh you've run out of edits now so you either have to you know Hmm. have what you've got or you know pay me more you know our prices are based on our hourly rate and we we have a good idea of how long a project will take in terms of the hours we spend on it and it's not really until we get past that number that we might be thinking right we've got to we've got to look at kind of a like, hey, more money we don't set limits on you know how how many times you've come back to us and go like oh i'm not quite sure this is right
1: yeah man, yeah i guess <laughs> designers are creative too so it's something for others to bear in mind joffrey where can people find more information about you or your services
0: oh uh, you can find me on my website at jeffreybunting.co.uk and everything that i do whether that's social media whether it's other platforms it's it's all on there it's all listed there thanks jeffrey okay, thanks very much
1: i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you did please consider leaving a short review on the itunes store or sharing the show on spotify stitcher or wherever you're listening